And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by my co-host, or former co-host, I think, according to Jeff, but it's Mark Davison. I think he's back on the show, or he's back for a cameo. I don't know, whatever it is. Mark, big week this week. As we said at the title of the show in part one, paying the bills back for last year's color rush loss. What, is, what does a win this week mean for you? It just means... Uh really uh, stability. Like, you've just got to get back on the wagon. Uh, no pun intended. You really have to. you just got to keep playing. There's still four more games left. Uh, and we're 11 and 1. This is two, uh, two big teams. What are they, 9 and 3? We're 11 and 1. I think I saw a stat somewhere. They were the highest winning percentage team on a Sunday night game. I'm really? pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know where I, I saw or heard. That might have been on YouTube from, like, one of the NFL dot com uh, kind of styles, but yeah, they're nine and three. We're eleven and one. I believe that was the highest, um, I guess, score between those two teams. There's only four losses between them, uh, and the Bills are playing quite well. It's just we have to go into their house. It might be a little bit colder. You know, the Steelers might swing around Niagara Falls and check that out first. It's a great view. Been there, by the way. Loved it. Um, yeah, look, we're going to go in there. It's it's Sunday night football. It's Monday for us. It's Monday lunchtime. I'm going to have a few beers watching it. I'm going to get a Subway. I'm going to feel really good. I'm going to get in my zone. I haven't worn my jersey yet for – I didn't wear a jersey the whole time during, like, the 11-0 stretch. I'm wearing one right now with Troy. I might put on my Shazier number 50 my way, and let's go to town. Let's just make this a game. Let's make it a fun game. Let's make it an enjoyable game like – like, I want them to win, but if we lose by three points and the Steelers play some great football, okay, we move on to next week and we smash the Bengals. So, last year's color rush game against the Bills, week 15, was my first live uh, at Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers game at Heinz Field. It was an incredible experience. I've talked a bit about that when we started this show a couple of weeks before the season. We've talked about it live on a couple of YouTubes we joined on, on with Bad On. But, God, before before that game, I got a Juju color rush. The, you know, not the, <laughs> not the sticky ones, the sewn ones where you pay the extra 50. I think it's an extra oh, 50 yeah. US, right? So I'm really hoping Juju signs on again. Um, but we'll, we'll save that for the, for the postseason shows. But, sorry, Maddie. Sorry, Maddie. Before you go on with your awesome experience, guess who my color rush is? Uh, AB. Yeah, 100%. I can't wear it anymore. <laughs> All right, sorry, Matty. Let's let's. let's no, that's going. all right. No, 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 it's all good. So, well, actually, I'm up for a double, right? Because if if that Juju leaves, I bought my fiance like well, about three months into his dating. I bought her a um that classic alternate with the block numbers because I'm a fan of the block numbers. She's oh, got yeah. a block number yeah. Juju jersey. So if he leaves, hey, and, and he's a favorite player for the Steelers. So like, if he leaves, I'm up for two jerseys. Like I'm, <laughs> I've got to, I've got to come up with two. But um, anyway, so for us, like watching that game, like that was an awful game. I thought they should have put Mason in. Everyone around me was going, no, 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 stick with Duck. But I, at that stage, I thought Duck had proved that he he wasn't the guy. Um, but I just the fact that was the first loss in the color rush. That's why it's about paying the bills back this exactly, week. Like, yeah. like we need to get that. We need to make that – we don't want that loss to tick up beyond one. You know, we want that loss to keep it just one one loss for that. I think at that time, were we 5-0 and in the color rush? We were 5-0, yeah. It was like yeah, – it was, yeah, it was four – it was, yeah, about 5-0. and And that was – was that week 15? 15, 15, 15. 15. 
and we had a chance to win that game, we could still have the playoffs. That's right. If we'd beaten that game, we would have gone to the playoffs. And the Bills were like, we have to win this game. Like, if we get this, we're in the playoffs. Like, it was it was like a bit of a decider. Yeah, that was crazy because last year we had – that game happened and we lost three in a row and then we had to wait until – was it the Browns had to do us a favor or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then um, we had to beat um, – to beat the Jets by a certain score, and then we had to like beat the Ravens at the in the end. Like it just got it got yeah. all, all too complicated. Too, too mixed but. up. But th- this year we haven't got that. This this year we're eleven and one, and we want to pay them back. Um, whereabouts did you sit on the in, in Heinz Field? Was it a good view? What, what did you? Yeah, what did you so we were in the uh, the bottom tier. I mean, you know, Mark, we have so many stadiums in Australia. <laughs> like, and I've been to lots of stadiums around the world, so. I gotta try and make sure I get this right. Like, and I do remember it, but I just gotta make sure I get this right where we were. So we were like basically on the the side. Oh, I always forget how to describe this. We were on the. If you're looking down toward the three rivers, we were on yep. the the right side. Um, we we're on the home side. The, the yeah. The so home, we we're behind the home oh, bench, yeah. but we we're about roughly about the thirty yard line ish. Yeah. So. I could basically see, and I think I'm being right in this, when Nelson made that interception, I saw him drop back. Uh, it was on that side of the field. And I, I remember turning, like, it was the play before, and I remember turning to my, my field and going, oh, I reckon he's going to get a, I think that might have been his first interception that season as well, like, and for the Steelers. And so I remember turning, I remember, I feel like he's going to get an interception this game. And then literally the next play, <laughs> it was an interception. She looked at me and she's like, what? And I was like, oh my gosh, she had some, had some money on that one. Uh, I don't know who would have had the odds for that, but, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting game. But like, I think one of the things for fans that haven't been able to make it to a game or, you know, one of the values, if you do regularly go to games is yes, there's your TV experience and it's so good now. It doesn't matter what professional sport you're watching. Same for us here in Australia with some of our, you know, rugby unions and leagues and what have you, that the, the experience is really good, but the ability to see things when you're on that field and you could tell that that their run was going nowhere. You could tell that duck was under pressure. Like they kept running those wildcats. Like you could tell they weren't going to work. And I think that's one of these, these, the the experiences or the insights or the participation that fans are really lacking this season who would usually go to games. Like, and I think that's one of the disappointing things about COVID because for some of us out there, you much prefer to watch live sport. Now, you and Mark and I are on the other side of the world. So we pretty much, our choice is to go to maybe two games a year if we can make it over in a normal year. You know, we're probably going to, we're definitely blocked this year. We're probably even blocked next year at this rate with, with the way it's going over, the way COVID's going down in the US. But I love going to different live sport in Australia because I love being able to see the players on the field and see how they're mapped. And, you know, you get to sort of see those plays. So that was one of the highlights for me. But, you know, I've and apparently most people that I know that went to that game have said that they didn't, they haven't seen as many away fans there. And I got to tell you, when we went for dinner the night before in Jerome Bettis Grill, because we did that, that full, you know, well, I guess the full international experience. I know you've done the same, Mark. Like that was full of Bills fans. I think I've been to that bar about five times. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the first time I went there, I walked in the freezing cold about three kilometers or uh, what, uh, five miles. Um, but yeah, let, let's stick with the bills here. Did you see it with the fans? Though? Did you see it, they bring any tables? Like, what a weird gimmick that is. Can we just give that a bit of a talk about? Like, did you see anyone powerbomb their their wife into a table? 
<laughs> no, nah, I reckon it would have been the wives power bombing them the <laughs> into the tables. But um, yeah, I just it, it was like, and we walked through one of the um sort of I guess you call almost like a gangway to get upstairs into the other side of the stadium because we went, we walked to the other side, and like the chance of the bills that were going on, like it was it was not it was not fun. I felt like I was at an away game. It's like. It's like one of those, Mark, you've been to them. You know when you go to an Australian game and there's New Zealand fans there and then sometimes they're so much vocal because they've just wiped the towel with us in one of the rugbies and, like, you just, you're sitting there, you're like, come on, guys, like, let's show up. It's like when they get a big drum out and just they bang the drum for 90 minutes. Oh, yeah, I haven't been to an away game. With my game with the Ravens, it was all Steelers because... Ravens Day. Wasn't that Christmas Day? Was it Thanksgiving uh, or Christmas Day? Christmas Day, yeah. yeah one of the best it. Christmas days ever. And hopefully we can do a little, little talk about that coming up near Christmas. Um, but going back to the Bills, like who do you think on on this Bills team? Like, let's put it this way. How, how do the Steelers contain Josh Allen? Yeah, and that's what's going to be really interesting. Um, Jeffrey Benedict was talking about this on Know Your Enemy that, you know, their rushing, their rushing attack of the Bills is not particularly great either. Like they're not having a great season. And if you look at the numbers, there's some clear parallels in, you know, we've had, we've had Connor out for a few games, but you know, he's got 645 yards, five TDs and is the leading, new leading rusher. You know, Devin Singletary, Singletary's got 544 yards and one TD. Josh Allen though has 322 yards and six TDs, but they're having a lot of their rush offense led by Josh Allen, which you don't want as a running, like you don't want as your quarterback. Like he's, he's not Lamar Jackson. So when you look at it, they're going to be forced to pass the, you know, to throw the football, right? And if we're looking at that, you know, Josh Allen has a higher percentage than Brandon Roethlisberger in terms of passes completed by about 3%. He's got 300 more yards completed than, um, than Ben Roethlisberger. He has... I think it's one more touch, no, one less touchdown, but one more interception. But they are, they themselves are another pass-heavy offense. So you talk about where the Steelers are going to beat them. Either we're going to have to throw on what is a very good secondary from them when you look at Tredavious White. But equally, we're going to have to make sure that our guys in the secondary, which is a problem if Hayden's out, are ready to stop him. This is the game. If there's a game this season for him to step up. Apart from that Ravens game, Minka has to step up this week. 100%. And you actually, with all, um, with all your points there, you actually took my second question was, <laughs> uh, do we treat... Because I looked at the stats too. I looked at Josh Allen. I thought, he's got six touchdowns? Are you joking? Um, yeah, do we treat Josh Allen like a Lamar Jackson Jackson, and treat him a similar way? Because he can rush the ball too. He's, he's a, he's a drill uh, threat quarterback. Yeah, that. That's a really great question. Now, I, I feel, I feel it's a bit like Marcus Mariota, but Marcus Mariota would rush even more than what Josh Allen did. Like, I think there's that, there's the, th- there's the threat of running the football, and, and Mariota did it. As I said, he did a lot more. But yeah, I mean, you could even look at it like, is it a bit more like Mahomes? Like, we know Mahomes can rush the football, but when I, you know, when I don't watch every Bills game or anything like it, but when I watch either, either highlights or I watch snippets of games with Josh Allen, he. He runs when they've got momentum in that red zone. He makes those runs when he sees those gap opens, goes gaps open up. And equally, I think that's an advantage if you are having, if you do have a quarterback that can rush and you are playing five five wide sets, people are expecting you to throw it at that point. So if you can get a couple of good blocks, you know, you're going to find a gap. 
You know what's funny? I can't believe you just you just brought up Marcus Mariota within a, a semblance to Josh Allen. If it's Marcus Mariota, we're going to smash him. I don't think he was. He got well, he couldn't throw the football. Was... I mean, having said that, he couldn't really throw the football. But what I meant is that, like the way he takes it in right close to the line there, like you know, he's not like Lamar can rush from anywhere in the field. Whereas there's other players that will regularly look to rush close. I mean, you could say the same thing about Cam, but he's such a different player to Josh Allen. But, but yeah, that was that was who came to mind. Did, who was the other bloke? The other bloke that the Steelers hammered that one time was Ryan Tannehill, right? In the, in that. Uh, Miami game, or was that Mariota? There was one bloke on the sideline that a big Bud Dupree just hammered him. Um, yeah, it was Tannehill, wasn't it? It was one. They, I think those those two quarterbacks are very similar. I think that, um, but even though Tannehill was playing a little bit different now, but yeah, with Marcus Mariota, I, I felt like we always had his number. Uh, with with Josh Allen, I'm not too sure. I think that he's a better quarterback. Oh, but he's a much better passer. Like that, it just it was just from that rushing perspective of how <laughs> they rush. But like you know, it was coming with Mariota because he couldn't pass the football the same way that the same way that Josh Allen is. And that's the thing. Like if you look at the stats, taking away the rushing, Ben and Josh are, are roughly about the same thing. Like I'd much rather Ben to throw 300 less yards, but have less interceptions and more touchdowns. Like for me, that's like so what you've completed more yards even though Josh Allen's percentage is higher. But, you know, when I look at the rushing opportunity for Josh Allen, again, this is where a Devin Bush and an inside linebackers are really important to cover that middle. And and that's that's going to be the challenge this week. Well, let's talk about that now. Let's talk about who who's going to fill in those. We haven't got Vincenzo, do we? We have no Vincenzo. This is, this is tough. We have no Vincenzo and we have no Spillane, which is filling in for Bush. So at that moment now, I think we have UG3 maybe in the mix and we have Marcus Allen and Williamson to play a big well, game in Buffalo. This is where, this is where the Williamson trade will, will re, like, we'll be able to get the full fruits of the Williamson trade. He, he's a great, he is a good, he's a good inside linebacker. Like I, I've been surprised, not that they've been working him into the lineup, but how little he played at the start. Obviously the Steelers play a particular style of defense, which is obviously very different to the Jets because I don't know if they even play defense. Like, they have cover, cover zero, right? But, like, but we there was, you know, we were talking about this a little bit in the Slack channel, and I sort of threw, threw it out there. Do we, is this the game if Hayden is back? Because if he's not, we can't do this. Do we see, you know, Terrell Edmonds a bit more in the box in the nickel? But equally, you know, and they're quite right, some of the other BTSC contributors were talking about the fact that Highsmith played a little bit inside and he did. And we saw that good. He played a little bit of inside in college and we saw that great interception he had a couple of weeks back. Um, equally, TJ Watt can do a little bit on the inside. I think the problem with putting TJ Watt inside is that in terms of the outside linebackers, we're down Bud Dupree. We need we need TJ putting that pressure on Josh Allen. So that that's my concern there. Um, it, it will be interesting to see the sorts of sets that they put forward you know, and who they bring in, um, you know, and, and the safeties and playing down and what have you. But yeah, I mean, that's the, that is the challenge for the Steelers this week. And it, and, and you know what, thank God we've got Keith Butler. Cause by gosh, he can run a, he can run a good defense. Well, I was just going to say, it, it feels like this week we have a lot more holes on the defense than the offense. And maybe this is the chance for the offense to carry us because if Joe Hayden isn't there, and our middle linebackers aren't there as well. There's almost like a domino effect where we have Edmonds, Minka, they've got to show up. And if they don't, this game can be wide open for a lot of reasons for the Bills. It's at home, they can maybe run on us. They can do 
um, some passing. And even with their passing, like, they've got two great players in Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley, which I think Cole, Cole Beasley is one of the most underrated players, like, ever. Like, he's got, like, does he have about 800 yards or something? Like, I know Stefan Diggs has 1,000. How do, how do you think those two key players are going to affect what we just talked about the middle or, like, the, the cornerbacks there? Yeah, so that's – yeah, great question. Firstly – I just I just wanted to say, Buffalo it will be three degrees Celsius or thirty seven Fahrenheit during like around kickoffish time. That's still similar to Pittsburgh, though. That's that is right. no, no, it is. I'm just I'm just saying though, it, it's going to be <laughs> cold up there. It's going to be cold up there, and winds of fourteen miles per hour. You know, it's going to be fairly windy, right? So I'm just just going to flag that out there. The ball's going to it's it's going to be a tough one. Thank God both quarterbacks have got strong arms. But back to your question, you were talking about how Cole Beasley and what have you were going to put up a bit of a challenge for the cornerbacks of the Steelers. Well, number one, if Lane's playing, you know, or whatever snaps he's playing, he's going to have to be in the rotation. He's going to have to be a lot better than last week. You know, covering the football is like a key part of being a cornerback. Like, really, he needs to do that. <laughs> so, um, but equally, you know, this is the sort of game that, by gosh, it would be good to get Steven Nelson back. He had full practice Wednesday, Thursday. Could we see, you know, is this a game where he gets a revenge interception? You know, like we, I feel like we talked about last week's loss. We really missed him. And we, it was Sean when Hayden went out, but the lockdown, can you imagine him, him and Hayden locking down like Terry McLaurin, locking down, you know, Joe Thomas as well. You know, they all had to do a bit much there. So I think, I think Steven Nelson has met, whilst he doesn't always stop on the stat sheet because he is quite a lockdown cornerback. And I actually wrote an article about that before the season on BTSC. I think the the opportunity to have him back will do wonders for this secondary. Equally, this is the game Minka knows he's going to have to step up. Cameron Sutton, I think he's due for a big game. You know, Edmonds, I mean, he's going to go up probably against his brother. This is a good time for him to yeah. really, you know, prove. And I'm not your enemy this week. Again, they, and everyone can tell I listened to it, but um, they asked the Bills guy, who would you rather, Terrell or Tremaine? And he said, well, Tremaine's never really disappointed me since he's been a Steeler. I mean, since he's been a Bill. I would agree. And I do, I do really rate Tremaine as well, particularly if you're going to play two inside linebackers. But at the end of the day, Terrell's having a great season and I, I like what he's starting to do in the secondary. And he hits hard. And he's athletic. Yeah, exactly. I think the, both our safeties are playing very well uh, and they're playing uh, – they're not letting too, too many deep balls get above them and, and things like that. It's just going to be very interesting and the only cause of concern I would see would be that middle linebacker. But it depends how the Steelers attack it if they go into nickel and, and stuff like that. Um, I need to go buy the new Madden 21 because I don't know too much about these these packages. But – I do know, I do know if you haven't got a middle linebacker that can cover the running back or that can cover the quarterback that isn't fast, that isn't playing um, direct and isn't attacking the football, you know, from day dot, then you're in trouble and you can be exposed to a lot of things. Cole Beasley can get, um, play like a Heinz Ward role and just sit in zones and, and, and kill you all day like that. So it's going to be super interesting to see how the Steelers, um, you know, deal with that kind of that kind of pressure, and we've had it all year. We're not playing great teams here and there, but 
We played three games in 12 days. We Ravens put us all around everywhere. It's like there are still um, complications but, coming up. But that's the difference here, right? At the end of the day, when we look at who's going to get the bye, you've got to win. Obviously, the record comes into play, and then so does your conference games. If you look at the stretch objectively, right? And I always think back, and I know it's a different sport, but there used to be this anecdote that Jose Mourinho, the coach, I think he's coaching Tottenham now, but he's coached, you know, Chelsea and, and, you know, Real Madrid and, you know, all these different, all these different teams, global teams, won a bunch of titles. He used to say that, you know, we need to win all our home games, draw some of our away games, we win the title. Like, and that's based on points, right? Bit different from a record. But equally, if you look at this three game stretch, we beat the Ravens, so we pretty much we're pretty close to sewing up the AFC North. Okay, we lose to Washington. They don't they don't affect they affect us on the record standpoint, but they don't affect other necessarily other flows of games. As long as we beat Buffalo, at the end of the day, if you're going to pick one of those three games to lose, you want to pick Washington. <laughs> like yeah. at the end of the day, and they're the middle stretch, and they're the middle stretch when you've had a bunch of issues in terms of COVID nineteen and, and in terms of rescheduling. You've got a heap of players that are that are coming out of the game. You know, you've you just shifts and shakes. It was they had one they had their one of their worst performances of the season in that game. Like, if anything, I feel like we're primed and ready to pay the bills back for last year's color rush loss. I feel like actually when we look at this holistically at the end of the season, this will be the game that we did want to drop. The the Steelers have so much ammo, Matt, in this game that they're going to play hard and play tough, like Dave says, because this game is going to mean a lot to them to put everyone on notice and say, look, we're still the best team. Even though you don't talk about us, we're still the best team. Uh, I, I think that with that Ravens idea and, and schedule and everything else, Hey, look, that was handled so poorly, and there that like for me and, and as a worker, oh, I'm not working at the moment, but you know you're a worker too. Everyone around the world's a worker. If you get told to go to work, and then when you get there and you don't, you're not able to work, they tell you to go home. It messes everything up, and that's what these players were told to do. Hey, you're working this 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 Sunday? No, you're not. It just got it got ridiculous near the end. So I'm glad that that phase is over, and we can look forward to our Monday. Uh, lunchtime football and your Sunday night, a huge game versus the Bills. Um, what about like heading into the, the off offense? If, if Connor's back, how much does he need to do? Does he need to carry the rock 20 times? Does he need to? I'll tell you, this is the game. If he can pound the rock, right? This is the game that when it comes to the off season, they'll actually try and work out or offer him some sort of deal. Right, like if, if I'm if I'm the Steelers and I'm sitting there in the in the general manager position of Kevin Colbert and anyone that knows me would knows that would I'd love it, right? I'd absolutely love it. Like if he trades galore, everyone would be freaking out. But you know, it'd be fun times. There'd be a lot for BTSC to uh, even more for the BTSC um, oh. writers to write about. Headlines would be created, but. If I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, what are the games? Yes, he's had injuries and what have you, and you can't help the COVID stuff, and he's a cancer survivor, and he's got to take that really, really seriously, as everyone I'm sure sure is over in the States. But this is the sort of game you want to see your leaders step up, right? And he's a pound and ground running back. Buffalo, cold, Steelers after a, after a loss that's got their record. 
you want a bit of grit, you want a bit of mean and green and, 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 you know, the listeners out there can't like, you know, see me screwing my face up and by green, I mean, you want him getting grass all over him because he's just pounding him and, and going through the dirt and just every inch, you know, it goes back to that, you know, any given Sunday, you know, football's a game of inches, that sort of stuff like that's what you want from Connor this week. And that's the sort of style of football that the bills are traditionally known for. And the bills aren't doing that in the rush. Let's go do that this week. Let's add that element that everyone's criticizing. Let's shut up the doubters. Let's get things on track, and and let's 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 keep going. Let let let, let let's let's stoke the fire of the train, and the train keep going. Well, to your point, mate. Um, who's their bloke? Their bloke, the running back, Singletary, right? Singletary, who's not had know. a good second year. Yeah, not I don't had a know. Good second year. I don't know his first name, but it doesn't Devin. really matter. Devin. Devin Singletary. So he's from memory. He's only got about 500 yards on, on the rush, very yeah. similar to Connor. So this is like another similar oh, game. Oh, he's about 100 yards behind Connor. Is he, is he really? Yeah, he's, 100, he's 101 yards behind, but he's okay. four touchdowns behind. So if we can get back Connor and get this running game back in the mix, I don't want it to be – it doesn't have to be like, okay, you get um, big, massive plays or you're getting 150 yards a game. We just need that idea of a threat. And if you have a threat yeah. of the run and where you can maybe get a first down and, geez, Louise, push it more than two and a half yards, it'd be fantastic. Um, again, a concept of, of the running game. Because, oh, you go, Matt. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, because what you're saying is exact, exactly that, the concept of the running game, being able to push it. If we're ahead, we need to be able to run down the clock. You know, we need to be able to hold the football and stack up plays. This is the sort of game you want to do that, particularly when you are coming off a loss. And that's the value of the run. We talk about opening up the passing game, but I, I think if we look at the first few games of the season, the Seals were able to kneel, kneel the game out because they were getting to a stage where they were progressing far enough up the field. They'd run the football enough that there wasn't that much time on the clock. Run the football, out, out we go. We saw that against the Giants. We saw that against, um, you know, we saw that against the Broncos. Just off the top of my head, like I think about those games. But that's the thing I think we lack and in a game like this where it could be tight and it's a tough AFC matchup, that, that's where this run will be of value. It's, it's also going to keep... If our offense can run the ball and have key downs where we're converting in the first down, it's going to keep Josh Allen off the field as well. And that's what you need in, in, these, in these home settings um, versus the Bills. Because this can be a game where it might get out of hand if... The Steelers play like they did last week, which I don't think they will this week. I think they're fired up. I really, really do, Steelers. I think they're fired up. Um, but if they do play that way, well, the, the Bills can put on more than 23 points. If they want to play hard and they want to send us home, send us pack into Pittsburgh, get us on the Greyhound early, they can really uh, – they, they could put on 30, 35 points. It, it, it wouldn't matter to them. Listeners – I'm not sure whether they're over in the States. I think they're an Australian company, but I'm not sure. But the Greyhound is a, is a coach line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bus yeah. They are over yeah. there, right? I thought yeah, I... I... I rode the Greyhound all, all around um, Pittsburgh. Okay. Pits- yeah, Pittsburgh to Gettysburg. I went all over the shop. Okay. <laughs> Mark, believe it or not, we're coming toward the end of, end of part two for this week's show. As always, slinging the slang which is where we like to sling the Aussie slang and teach you a thing or two about Aussie lingo or something about Australia, you know, just as Ben likes to, likes to sling the rock. Mark, do you have a word for the listeners this week? Uh, 
I've caught you've caught me off guard. I wasn't prepared this week. I really got to start doing more preparation. But I've got a little, maybe a little one that you guys might use overseas. Um, and I, I don't mean to defend anyone with with this certain language or or anything. But we have a thing down in Australia. If you see someone with red hair, for some reason we call them bluey. <laughs> have you ever heard that? I have. I thought you were going to use the other <laughs> word. I thought you were going to use the other word. So. Oh, I can't remember the other word. The word that starts with R. Oh, well, there could be quite a... We probably, see, like I said last week, still a nation, there's so many words you can't say online. Yeah, or that's yet. true. Uh, that might no, be we, touch and go. We don't know. We don't know. So we'll leave it out. <laughs> no, we'll leave it out. Yeah, but no, we, it's just a, a funny thing here if we have uh, something with red hair. And, you know, redheads are fantastic. They're on fire, but... We just call them yeah, in Australia bluey. Yeah, that's like real Aussie outback slang, like country slang. What's yours, Matt? Mine this week, you're going to love this, Mark. This is going to take you back to your school days. I bet you haven't even had one since you were like 10 years old. So this week we're playing the Buffalo Bills. One, a famous Australian summer ice cream. So oh. now as it gets, now it gets nice and warm. This is what like a lot of people probably eating these this week is the Buffalo Bill. And the yeah. Buffalo Bill is this like brown, it's got the brown cowboy hat with like a little golden color part of ice cream. And it's got this face on it, on a popsicle stick, as you guys call it. We call it paddle bob stick, but on the popsicle stick. And he's got this big green nose, which is a big like bubble gum ball. Anyway, we call that the Buffalo Bill. And that's what lots of people in Australia will be eating this week, just as much as lots of people over in the US will be watching the Bills versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can I tell you one thing about that? Definitely don't swallow the gum because it, it's like it's not like your real traditional gum. You can it's kind of like chewy, but it kind of feels like a lolly, and then you can swallow it. And it's, it's, you shouldn't know, but it's definitely you think you can. Um, but they they're fantastic, like a rainbow ice cream. You, they're nice. Did you see that the other day though, Mark? They've put them in a tub form now. No, not not at all. Yeah, you know how they're doing this in Australia at the moment. A lot of the famous ice creams that we grew up with, you know, on popsicle sticks, so just like the one serve ones, are being put into sort of tubbed ice cream at the moment. So, um, yeah, they're kind of almost novelty tub ones. But yeah, anyway, just thought that was a different one to give a bit of people a taste <laughs> of the Aussie culture. So, if you're ever out in Australia and you um can get one of them on a hot summer's day, they're they're really great. They weren't my first choice of choice of ice cream, but I know a lot of people loved them. Oh, you can't go past, uh, I don't really eat, eat ice cream anymore, but I'm not too sure if in the States they have Magnums. Yeah. But the Magnums are awesome. I think they do. Do they? Do they have Magnums so. over there? I think so. I, they've probably got more better stuff in the US. They had a lot more hug and you know what? Like up until it came out here a couple of years ago, the Americans have a lot of hug and dust ice cream. And I love yeah. hug and dust. They're Belgian mm. chocolate, right? In like... Yeah. When we were over in the States last year, I constantly was eating that, right? And I can't, like, have gluten because I have an allergy. And, like, a lot of the Haagen-Dazs ones are actually gluten-free. Um, so that was a real safety net for me because a lot of ice cream I can't eat. So, yeah, we ate a heap of Haagen-Dazs while we were over there. Uh, here's one for you, Matty, just quickly before we get to our predictions. What if the only chance that the Steelers going to win Super Bowl two years in a row and you had to eat gluten and it risks your life? What do you do? I wouldn't risk my life, so <laughs> I'd I'd take being sick on the couch, keeled over with like a Powerade for four days. Yeah, I'd take it for all the listeners out there. I'd take <laughs> it. My intestines would hate it, but I would take it. Um, yeah, there's no there's no blood, sweat, or tears that Mark and I wouldn't shed to um to see to see a couple of Super Bowls. But rightly, Mark, it's time to get to our punts of the week. 
which we call our bold predictions as always. So if you're catching our show for the first time, punt is definitely obviously kicking the football, but down under, we also say it's, you know, it's having a punt. It's having a big bet. It's a long shot. Um, so this is our punts of the week segment. So Mark, what's your prediction this week? I think you lead six, four going into this uh, week. We're still six, four because last week, Danny, he didn't even get on the field. I, only, I think I only saw him once. That was a terrible idea for a punt. It was definitely a And Juju punt. didn't break 100 yards for me. Nah, so we were both, yeah, duckheads. Um, I'm going to go really safe. I just want to see this running game just do something, and I think it's maybe it is one big problem. So let's say Connor, two touchdowns, nice and easy. Uh, I think the fans will enjoy that. I think you and I will enjoy that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't care if he gets 40 yards, but if, you, if you're in the touchdown zone, let's run the rock and get, get him two. You, you know he can. Uh, but now, now I say that Snell might be in there, but I don't care. Let's let's go with Connor for two two TDs. So I'm going Minka Fitzpatrick takeaway, whether it's a it's a fumble recovery or it's an interception, and I'm going three pass defenses. Three times from three pass Pitt. defenses. Three pass defenses. You reckon Josh Allen's going to go that way? Maybe I don't think he's going to have mate. a choice. I think we're, we we didn't get enough time to talk about this week, but no inside linebacker. I think you're going to see a bit more of a free-roaming Minka Fitzpatrick. Ah, that could be interesting. What if they use – this is very hypothetical – if they used him to free-roam and Sean Davis at the safety, but Sean Davis hasn't been playing much safety. But that would be so cool to see if, if Minka was around. There. I think we'll see a bit of Minka free-roam. This is my little smoky for this week. He almost he almost had one last week. Again, there was a couple of times he almost had an interception last week. Yeah, yeah, he's getting close right. to the football and he hasn't had. Minka sort of goes two or three games where he hasn't had one, so I feel like he's he's about. Do you reckon he's, it's his time to shine and he's yeah, gonna yeah, step this, up, this... step up. Just I remember he took the, took that Bills game, the Browns game away straight up where he took that interception and oh, the Steelers was... are on that roll. That's what they need this week. Is to shock value and get the seven zero or get the yeah. It can happen. Like I think Minka is a really key part of of this defense, and Minka and TJ. Like TJ's, we didn't talk TJ once. What what happens? Well, we've we've literally got a minute <laughs> to close out the show. But TJ Watt, defensive player of the month again, on schedule for defensive oh. player of the year, should have been last year. We know my thoughts on that. If you want to know how much I, he should be paid, go back and find my article from June BTSC. It's a long one, but a good one. Um, I mean, Mark, you and I could do five podcasts on TJ Watt. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about TJ Watt once he breaks the bank. You and I are gonna be talking about gonna be a decades time, right? Like you and yeah. I are gonna be in our forties and we're gonna be sitting here talking about it, you know, we're married okay. up with kids and we're still gonna be talking about how good TJ Watt is. There's TJ lots Watt of time is, to talk um, about TJ Watt. It's the time is now though too, because TJ Watt is unbelievable. He's having one of the best years and he is gonna Wow, I didn't mean we didn't mention him once. He's gonna actually unlock- I got a I got a, I got a question for you and yeah. listeners. We're like you know <laughs> we're just firing at each other now. How many sacks do you think he'll finish the season with? Because I I him about fifteen this year, but he's like he's eleven through what is it, twelve games. Okay, eighteen. 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 He get he gets two this week. Maybe three next week. It depends if they play him in the last game. Eighteen sacks. Okay, I'm gonna get sixteen. Yeah, that's still pretty close. Yeah. Um, he almost had another one. He almost had the, the fumble recovery as well. Oh. Let's do a whole show next week on TJ, <laughs> how he affects the Bengals. Can't wait. Maybe we can do a special. Maybe they'll let us do a special. <laughs> 100%. 
Yeah, we can start. I'll just read my article line for line with an Aussie <laughs> accent so everyone else doesn't have to read it and then they can get the Aussie accent. Yeah, cool. You could be that feature on the on the, uh, the website. I could there. be the website feature. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So, listeners, if you listen to the regular podcasts for us or for any other Behind the Steel Curtain podcast and you don't go onto BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, there's a heap of online content there. So you're wait, you're caught up on all your podcasts and you're waiting for another one. You know, you want to find out about the latest news. It's your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Check it out. Save it as a link on the on the homepage of your phone or what or bookmark it, whatever you're going to do there. Share it with your mates if they're not on it either. Tell a friend, tell your neighbor. That that's the place to go. Don't worry about logging on and trying to watch online news on ESPN or getting your cable news services or you know what? pay for my game pass, but even NFL network, nothing, nothing measures up to BTSC behind steelcurtain.com. But with that, that closes out our show for this week. Go Steelers.